Welcome to the Bucking Idiots Podcast, where today we talk about the Gerald McCoy interview. We talk about the Bucks' salary and roster moves. We talk about that running back position. And ladies and gentlemen, the G-Funk era has arrived. So welcome back to the Bucking Idiots Podcast, motherfuckers. Welcome to the Bucking Idiots Podcast, motherfuckers! Yeah, it's your national underground, thunder pounds when I stop the ground. Like a million elephants, a silverback, a tank. you can't stop a train. Who wants up, don't come unprepared, I'll leave there. But when I leave there, better be a household name. Brother man telling us it ain't gonna rain. So now we sit in a drop top soaking wet. In the silk suit, try not to sweat. Hit some assaults without the net. But this be the year that we won't forget. One nine, nine, nine. What's good, baby? It's your boy, Stank Bastard, King Idiot, back in the building for yet another episode of the Bucking Idiots Podcast. Family, what's good? Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. We're in the midst of the dead season, man. And so much news, so much shit breaking this week. Uh, God, that dead horse, boy, keeps on coming back to life. <laughs> gotta kick that motherfucker every week. Just gotta beat that bitch to death. <laughs> yeah. Old number 93. Back in the news. Back out there talking that shit. For those who don't know, McCoy went on Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless's little talk show there and uh, had a lot to say, a lot of grievances to uh, get off his chest with the old Buccaneer regime and Bruce Arians and how he was treated all offseason and yada, yada, yada. But there was a couple of things that came out of McCoy's mouth that I found particularly interesting. I mean, all offseason... We've heard that the Bucks hadn't said nothing to McCoy. Nothing. And he even said it himself on an interview it was radio silence. Except he did say that the Bucks did meet with them. As soon as the regime change occurred, he had a sit down with Bruce. And I'm assuming the front office, including Light, where renegotiation of his contract or restructuring of restructuring of his contract in some manner was discussed. Which means they did come to the table and try to work something out with Gerald. Yeah, but he really skipped past all that, didn't he? He really, all he wanted to talk about was, well, they didn't really say nothing to me off season. None of the coaching staff reached out to me. Nobody picked up the phone and talked to me. I mean, but the way I look at it is, what's to say after that meeting? If the Bucks did come to McCoy and ask him to take a pay cut or restructure his deal, so they could fit him under the cap while signing other players and making room for new blood. And he said no, or he laughed it off like he did in the interview, then what's to talk about? I mean, motherfucker, what are you crying about? You said it yourself. You guys had a discussion. The discussion didn't go your way. So if they gave you an ultimatum and that ultimatum was take a cut, or get cut you made that decision so don't cry about it if you wanted 
to get released and not take a pay cut, then you got exactly what you wanted in the end. You know, and if it was really about numbers and salary, then why did you sign for $4 million guaranteed with Carolina? And why the fuck are you still talking about the Bucks when you're currently a Carolina, a Carolina Panther? It just made no sense to me. I mean, he clearly, clearly has got salt in his wounds. You know, when he cried about the Bucks giving Sue 93, and I guess I could see that. Again, I, I don't know if that was the coolest thing for the Bucks organization to do. You know, fresh, uh, fresh off the team, shoes still in the locker, family still here in town, and and they're handing his number over to uh, Sue. I could see the disrespect. I could see how he would view that as disrespect. If it was me, I sure as hell would. So I'm not saying the guy has nothing to nothing to cry about. He has nothing to be upset about. You know, he didn't want to take a pay cut. That's upsetting. He felt that his production mass matched that. 13 million dollar salary i guess and so he was upset about them wanting or asking him to take a pay cut and i guess you could see that from his perspective that's money in the bank and nobody wants to lose money nobody wants to give money back and frankly he had beef with arians airing the dirty laundry out in public or at least questioning his future production and whether or not it matched the salary that that he was looking for or whatever and you could see that i i have no beef with him being upset i would be upset i think any competitor would nobody wants to be tossed aside nobody wants to have their play question or production questioned i get it i get it man i really do but gerald after the decision was made move the fuck on you know they they gave you the option you chose not to to Sign the additional contract. You chose not to restructure your deal. So why are you still talking about the Bucks? Why are you still putting negativity out there? I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get why the Bucks name is still in Gerald McCoy's mouth. If uh, I was a Panthers fan, I'd be annoyed. He's still talking about the Bucks. I mean, you went on, on, on Shannon and Skip's show. You knew what the fuck they were going to ask you. You had to know. So he just... Wanted to air his grievances, man. He's just been boiling over. And even though he said, oh, I have nothing negative to say about this organization. And I love the Glazers. And they gave me my start. And I have nothing bad to say about Tampa. Blah, 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 blah. He comes out and starts talking shit. You know, and that's what gets under a lot of Bucks fans' skin. It's like that smile on his face is fake. He says one thing, but he means another. You know, if you're upset, say you're upset. Don't smile it off and act all jovial when you're upset. Be real. Show real, true emotion. You know, when the Bucks are losing games, nobody wants to see you coming off the field with a smile on your face. Sorry. They don't want to see it. Doesn't mean you're a bad football player. Bucks fans are hurting. Bucks fans are hurting for a winner. And when you're out there just acting like laissez-faire and, you know, doesn't bother me and say shit like, well, you know, this organization has been a loser, but I made six Pro Bowls. 
you know, that's some fucked up shit right there. You know, it just shows what your focus is. You. Gerald McCoy loves him some Gerald McCoy, as Rendak said on the latest PewterCast. Can't say it any better than that. Might as well etch that shit in the ring of honor. Yeah, I said it. And I don't care what, what motherfuckers say. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not putting Gerald McCoy's name up in the ring of honor when he's playing for the enemy. Like, if he retires in a couple years, you know, he puts in a couple seasons in Carolina, I don't want his name up on our stadium. It's going to be a long time for, before I forgive that shit. Fuck that. And I think I speak for a lot of Bucks fans. You know, some may say, oh, well, we didn't need him. It was our choice. We let him go. He can go wherever he wants to go. Or good. I'm glad he did go to Carolina. We get to show, you know, we get to run against them. No, but no, fuck that, man. If you say you bled for this team, if you say you're a buck and you love this franchise and you love the fan base, you don't turn your back like that. You don't, you don't go to the enemy, especially when you had other options. I think it's some fuck shit. I don't know. That's just me. I guess I got an old school mentality because I personally don't see any of the Bucks greats doing some shit like that. Like imagine Warren Sapp in a Falcons uniform or back in the day. Imagine Warren Sapp going to play for the Packers. Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't see him ever doing that. And I get it. Sapp grew up a Bucks fan. You know, he was a fan of this franchise ever before he donned the jersey. It was fate that he ended up here and that people passed on him because he supposedly failed a marijuana test, whatever the fuck. You know, the gods intervene, baby. And we got we had a hot debate today on Twitter. Me and the Tampa Bay Buccaneer supermodel fan, Stephen Beck. The notorious Robert Green and Samara Lee went at it today. And they posed a pretty interesting scenario. You know, they said, or Beck specifically said, if you take McCoy and put him on those Warren Sapp Super Bowl teams, if you switch him out for Warren Sapp, essentially, and put him around Derrick Brooks and Rondé and Lynch and have him coached by Monty Kiffin and Tony Dungy, what does his career look like? Does he put up numbers equal to Warren Sapp? Does he exceed Warren Sapp's production? You know, is it the environment or, or, or was it McCoy? I don't blame Gerald McCoy for becoming disillusioned behind all of the losing this franchise has seen. All while trying to, I guess, keep a smile on your face. I don't know. Like I said, I wish he would have come out and been real and said how he really felt. This organization has made mistakes. They haven't supported their players. They haven't put a team around him to give him this best chance to succeed. They've made a lot of dumb decisions in the draft and in free agency. I get, you know, I mean, no player is going to come out and badmouth their team. Well, not, I want to say no player. There are players who do that. But to act like it's all good after a loss or act like it's, like it's all good after a losing season, uh-uh, I just wasn't feeling it. I think that's what it was for a lot of people because I really don't have a problem with this production. He had great production. 
Yes, Gerald McCoy has stats that say he's one of the best Buccaneers to ever play in Tampa. And you really can't argue against it. And if you do, you are a hater. His statistics are good. They match pretty much, you know, right up with Sue's. He's not that far away from where Geno Atkins has been. And Geno's been the best defensive tackle in this league for years. And now Aaron Donald's taking that crown. But McCoy's always been up there, statistically. It's a team game. He loves to talk about his Pro Bowls and his All-Pros. But won't touch that win-loss record. And yes, I know. It's not a defensive tackle's job you know, to win games or that it's not on his shoulders. It's not like he plays quarterback, yada, yada, yada. I've heard it all. We've all heard it all. I just expected more and I'm going to leave it at that. We'll let that dead horse lie back down for at least a few more days until another story comes out. He said some sideways shit or whatever the case may be. Other shit going on with our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans restructured his deal took about four million in cash which they spread over the next four years to make room for Devin White and our other draft picks that haven't been signed yet and likely gives us a little bit of wiggle room for the second wave of free agency which I'm hoping and praying every night on my knees next to my bed that we sign a guard or a tackle on the right side to compete because that shit we got going on right now isn't going to fly. As a Bucks fan, it should keep you up at night. It really should. I see Caleb Bednock in my dreams. At night, I lay awake, I toss and turn. I got visions of Caleb Bednock and bodies being burned. Yeah. We need a change there. We need to upgrade that position through the draft and through free agency. And it just hasn't happened yet. And I've said it before on this podcast. That is the number one glaring weakness on this team. The right side of that line. And I guess DeMar Dotson's look good. But can that old guy hold up for 16 games? Because Caleb Benenox is back up. I don't want to see number 77 on the field ever again. Send that motherfucker to the moon. Bucks cut Sean Wilson today. I came out publicly and said he was my sleeper this year. That's why I'm the king idiot, ladies and gentlemen. I say outlandish shit like that. It ended up hitting me right back in the face because I'm a fool. I'm no fucking expert. I don't have Greg Allman on speed dial. I might live a couple blocks from the new one buck palace, but they haven't given me a key card yet. So I really don't have any inside information. I'm not JC Cornell. Anytime they want to call me though and share a little news that I can share with the bucking idiots, I'll go on right ahead. And give me a call, Brian Ford. Right? Hit me up. So with Sean Wilson gone, that leaves us with Andre Ellington, 
Bruce Anderson, and R.A. Ogbunwale as our stable behind Rojo and Peyton Barber. I think Andre Ellington's pretty much a lock now to make this team. I mean, statistically, he had some pretty decent seasons in Arizona. I mean, in 2014, he had 201 carries and three touchdowns, but only averaged 3.3 yards a carry. Not great. He had 46 receptions and almost 400 yards receiving and two touchdowns. That was his best season statistically with Arizona. But he'll, I don't see anybody taking that third round, third down back roll from him unless Rojo does shine. And I think we're all hoping and praying he does. But behind that, Bruce Anderson's an unknown. And Dare really didn't get much of an opportunity last year. I think he was on and off the roster, on and off the practice squad. Don't quote me on that because I'm not really sure. Got a great fucking name, though. But uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out in training camp. I wouldn't be surprised if we added another burning back or two. To compete i mean can we please like just find some gem working in a garage somewhere you know has some bad issues in school and just you know a sleeper who's stocking shelves at walmart that was just a beast in high school and in college and somebody forgot about him can we just have one of those running backs fall on our lap can that happen because it seems like it happens to other teams for some reason, we have a running back curse on this team. It's Doug Martin's fault. And Doug, why'd you do it to us, baby? We had so much hope in you. Cadillac, why'd you have to run out of your knees, man? You know, we just haven't had luck with the running back position since Mike Allstock, who was never a feature back. But you got clowns like Tom Bassinger questioning his production. Man, they never asked him to carry the load. And he did one hell of a job when they did hand him the ball. We all know that. I don't really need to stand on a table for Mike Allstott. Do I? Do I? Is there really a faction of Bucks fans who, que who, who question Mike Allstott and what he meant to this franchise? Because I'm seeing it a lot on Twitter. The bassholes, they love to question our boy. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. So just stop. Just make yourself look stupid. Nobody wants to hear it. You're not smarter than everybody else. Mike Allstott's a legend for a reason. You won't be able to see that on a stat sheet. So take your head out of the graphs and pie charts motherfucker and go back and watch his highlights seriously numbers don't do that man's justice whatsoever like how are you going to look at his numbers and question his production and say he wasn't a top 10 buck just because his stats don't say he was a productive back it's about situations like put some context in there you know if he was given 20 carries a game i promise you his, his statistics and statistics would have looked much better. We'd have had a whole different talk, be talking a whole lot different about Mike Allstott and his career. 
Because I think he could have been a Hall of Fame running back had give, had he been given the opportunity. They built an offense around him and kept Lorenzo Neal around? You fucking kidding me? Nah, man. Stop with that shit. Take Mike Allstott's name out of your mouth. Seriously. Makes you look foolish. So you pay attention. Anyways, this podcast is not about hate. It's about love. I love you, Bucking Idiots. And I got something special for you today. I'm here to introduce you to one of my best friends on the planet. A diehard Bucks fan. One of the best people you'll ever meet. And I hope that the Bucking Idiots get a chance to meet my boy, G-Funk. We did a little interview the other day. It's supposed to be about you know five minutes long. We're just gonna chop it up a little bit. Ended up being about 20 minutes long, and it was just a thing of beauty. So sit back, relax, fire up whatever you want to smoke on, pour put some ice in the glass, you know, pour whatever you want to sip on, and check it out. Ah, uh, stink. Are you really condoning the use of illegal drugs? On this podcast, Betty, your ass could use a hit of that old purple, purple cushness. Yo, glaucoma having ass. Shut the fuck up and play the interview. Will somebody who listens please uh, text me the name of the elderly abuse hotline? Because I won't take this anymore. OSHA or whoever needs to listen and hear how you treat your employees. OSHA needs to call that shut. Up, old lady. Where's the button? Play the fucking interview. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. The G Funk era has begun. Welcome to the Bucking Idiots podcast segment with your boy G Funk in the building. In the building. So happy to be here. What's good, bro? Oh man, you know, stank. It is what it is, and it does what it does. Here I go. How did you find your way onto the Bucking Idiots podcast, man? Oh man, you know I'm a, I've been a Bucking Idiot since way back. You know what I mean? Since the, since the inception. But uh, would you say way back? Since way back with the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> just just to keep it in in perspective. Yeah. Okay. I mean. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you. I mean, we could tell the. You want to tell the people how I started? How we got started? You want me to tell them? No, you got to tell it. All right. All right. It's. It, I mean, it's a crazy story, man, and they're not gonna believe it. You know, man, back in the day, I was I was in Jersey too, man. I was I was living it up though. The parents were doing it good. I was I was living the life, and they put me in this podcast academy joint over there, and I got in with this with this crazy podcast master type dude. And how I met Stank, we were at the podcast really? chair. Yeah, man, Python Pie Academy. Okay, okay, Python I, Pie yeah, Podcasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Something like yeah, yeah. So, My memory's a little hazy. <laughs> You know, because so the instructor we had was a shady dude. He had me doing some shady stuff. And uh, at the championships, that was the first time I met Stank. At the championships, he had me pulling the plug and shit on Stank's mic. And so he won the championship. And did you sweep the leg up in that bitch? You know, had to sweep the leg, dog. You know what I mean? (laughs) Motherfucker. So so I knew I was doing wrong and I started fucking with Stank. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, you need to go back and check out. Episode uh, one of the Bucking Idiots podcast. Yeah, uh, man. Because you know, that, then you really get to find a little bit about me. 
yeah. where I came from originally. <laughs> right, right. Because it's a tear jerking story. <laughs> everybody should everybody at this point should know it. So right. just open up the podcast app, click on the first episode, listen to like the first six, seven minutes, and you'll know exactly. Yeah, you'll be in it's on the it. story. It's the whole story, right? You'll be here. in on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I take it you found your way here because you are a Bucks fan. Oh man, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, from from the, mm, I don't want to say from the beginning. I it, it was a struggle for me with the with the sombrero. Like with a lot of people, yeah, with the sombrero, and you know, I'm a fashion guy, man. The, the whole orange and white, I wasn't never feeling it when I was younger. I Speaking like, of fashion, bro, <laughs> nobody's gonna see you. You do realize that yeah. this motherfucker came up in here like we're on the 50 yard line, front row. Monday Night Football. He's I had getting to represent, his own interview. Bro. I had to represent. You know how excited I was to get on the fucking Bucking Idiots podcast, bro? I came to represent. Like, Buck's shoes. Shoes. Look, to the toes. To He's the got toes. Black bro. shorts on with an orange trim. Yes, indeed. He's got the Raise the Flag shirt that you only get if you sat in a certain section. Right, right, right. Right. So it's like <laughs> a limited edition shirt right, that, right, right. that not many people have. Right, right. No, the, and I, listen, I would have wore the jersey. But I'm really superstitious, bro, and I don't wear the jerseys unless they're wearing the jerseys. You know what I'm saying? When the season starts, that's when I start breaking out the jerseys. There's been quite the debate on Twitter. Um, What's that? About jerseys, period. Should a grown man be donning a jersey with another man's name on the back? I know, right? I, I mean, it's it's. I, I, I represent. I don't give a fuck. Person. Since day one. Yeah. Since You're day, a jersey dude. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'll, and I always will be. You know Basketball, I mean? baseball, it doesn't matter what the jersey right, is right, or right. what sport. Right. And and I, and I know there's supposed to be like a quote unquote deadline, you know, in age. You know, when you get a certain age, you shouldn't be rocking this. Fuck mm. that shit. Fuck all that. I came up in the hip hop era. That's what we did then. That's what I'm gonna do now. I'm not saying that I wear jerseys. You know, there's there's a there's a time and a place like like anything else. I'm not rocking the jersey to the clubs no more. You know what I'm saying? I'm not rocking jerseys out to dinner. Depends on the club, though. That's, you know, <laughs> you might have a point. <laughs> yeah, I got to take that back. Uh, but no, I, to the games, I, yeah, for sure wear my jerseys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've been laying back and uh, following what's been going on this offseason? I have, I have, um, both through you know reading up on Facebook, Twitter, and and then you know listening to podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. So you are, you are research. aware of the Kango pimping. Oh man, oh man. New head coach. Man, oh man. Let me tell you something. I, I know that. Listen, I'm an optimist every year. I'm guilty. My my wife gets every year. That's, I, that's I'm ready. The bucking, that's the bucking idiots illness. Right <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every yes. year I'm ready. This is the year. This, this is the, the time they made the right moves. That's right. They did the right things. Yeah. But never, honestly, I honestly think I, I never have I ever felt so positive and I, so. Yeah. I, I was like, I can't wait. Lovey Smith is the answer. Right. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 I, that year for sure. I thought, oh, Lovey's gonna come here and do something. But this guy, B.A. Barakis, like I like to call him, <laughs> this guy here is—he's the guy, man. He—he's the—he's—he's he's got the swag. He's got the leadership. He's got everybody looking up to him. You know, he—he he, like like you know like like it's being said about him. He—he he, he is truly one of those that you know he's gonna get on you, but he's also gonna praise you. And uh, I don't know, man. It, it feels like we didn't have that—the right combination of things. We're gonna see how it all pans out. Obviously, you know, here in a couple weeks, but. I couldn't feel stronger now about you know our chances in, in getting like you know to the playoffs and, and you know a real good record, a good team, a good look. What what I've seen so far, and some people might look at him or watch his interviews and say it's arrogance, but I see 
the plan is initially is to infuse confidence back into this team. Right, right, right. Like like a thousand cc straight in the jugular type confidence back into this fan base, back into the players, because this this team has lost confidence. Without a doubt, and, and I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, look at look at our past seasons, and and like I said, man, I, every time I thought we have the talent, we have the players, we're gonna do it, and and you know, uh, end up with a what three and nine record, three, you know, what I'm saying three three wins the whole season. The fan base has lost confidence. I mean, you, the diehards are gonna listen to this podcast. Yeah, the, the regular so, yeah. the regular fan doesn't give a fuck about the Bucks right no, now. No, they gave up years ago. Right. They tried to give a fuck. Right, they tried Com- to give a fuck. They, they might have been on the Raheem Morris train, you know. Yep. yep. And then uh, they may I even agree. they may have even held on to the Shiano hype. But after that, I'm pretty sure the vast majority of just I would say your average Buck fans just don't don't give a fuck anymore. And maybe they'll watch during the season. The whole dirt the dirt cutter shit fucking we lost. The I mean, dirt cutter. We're we're, <laughs> we're we're four coaches away from a winning having a winning coach. I mean, we've had. You know, I think Raheem had a winning season. Dirk went nine and seven uh, one year, but since Dungy, we really haven't had a winner. I mean, uh, sorry, Gruden, we haven't had a winner. Gruden, yeah. Um, you know, and in the, in the final Gruden years weren't anything to fucking be excited about either. No, they were not. No, they were not. So yeah, I'm I'm really I'm I'm psyched about what he what he brings to the table, man, and, and what he can do to rejuvenate these guys and. And, and not only the, the you know the veterans, but the, you know the new guys that are coming in. They're coming into a guy who's changed teams. He's changed significantly, changed you know futures for teams. He so, comes with a pedigree. With, there it is. There right. it is. Yes, absolutely. He does. he does. I mean, as much as Dirk had, you know, the experience of coaching as an offensive coordinator, he had zero zero experience as a head coach. Raheem had zero experience as a head coach. Shiano had zero zero experience as a head coach in the NFL. None of them had experience right, as coaches right. in the NFL. True, right. Lovey Smith was the only one that had any experience. Um, but I think he just rolled out the retirement uh, home into this, and he was he was in it for the paycheck. Right. I, yeah. But the whole it's it's I, I feel I feel the same way about GMC as I do about Dirt. These both of these guys would keep keep roles in our team. They didn't have the fire in their belly, man. It, they didn't come with that passion to me. You know what I mean? I'm sure that they live their lives and they're on the, you know, on the field and they feel like they're doing a passionate job, but that's not what what came across to me. And and I personally like Gerald. You know, what I mean, I've, I've met him. I met him. I met him out, and he's, you know, he's a cool guy, man. He came, you know, took a little picture with me, talked to me for a few minutes. Yep. He's, he's a great guy. You know what I'm saying? You I, won't hear one off the field oh, negative story no, about Gerald. He's a good Jeremy dude, McCoy. man. Good right? dude. Yeah, but I don't want a good dude on my line like that. No, like I said, I see I see my defensive tackles through Warren Sap colored glasses. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, and, and right because you know same thing with Warren. He, asshole. He he was an asshole right. off the field. They're complete opposites. Right. Right. On both sides. Of right. It. On both sides. <laughs> you know what I mean, on both sides. If you could it. combine the two, you'd have the perfect person. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh and uh man, I couldn't. I, I, that's another move. You know, Dirk being gone and, and Gerald being gone. Bringing in in Dominican Sue. That's got you. If you can find me a funner name to say, you gotta find that for me because in Dominican Sue. I looked it up. I looked it up. That shit means House of Spears. House of Spears. 
doesn't get any more savage than that. Come on, man. Yeah. When you're born into this world and your name means House of Spears. He went to school with that shit. What's your name? House of Spears, motherfucker. So so what? You know, he comes in with a, a, a reputation. Right. Of being... I don't a, mind a dirty player. I don't mind it. No, I gotta be. <laughs> I gotta be honest. As long as he's on my team, right? <laughs> if he was the quarterback, I would have a problem with him being a dirty player. Yeah. He's not the fucking quarterback. Yeah. He's down there in the in the trenches. Yeah. You gotta get dirty down yeah. there, man. You know what yeah. I mean? And I and I love I love what he comes with. I loved him when he came to Miami because my father's a huge Miami fan, and and I thought, man, this guy, he's something. Yeah, you need a bad motherfucker, bro. You need no. him to pull that wallet out, and it needs to say. Bad motherfucker. Bad motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Pull it out. Which one is it? The one that says bad motherfucker. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely, bro. I'm hyped about him. I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm really psyched about this year, man. I really am. So what's your projection? You think that we jump from a 5-11 and 11 team to a playoff contender? Because that's what this coach's expectation is. <laughs> It's mine. It's mine. It should be. It's got to be, right? Why wouldn't we go into the season with that expectation? I mean, with the, with the changes that have been made and, and, and the people that we have, the coaches, everything, why wouldn't we? I'm, I'm playoff thinking. Why wouldn't we be in the playoffs? You know, take away from injury, you know what I'm saying? Like major guys get hurt. Who? I, you know, I, I don't. I, yeah. yeah, but you can't, you can't think that way. I mean, every team. Every team could have injuries. Right, that's true. So you you know you that's can't true. really factor that in. Nobody knows how things are gonna go. Um, but yeah, you know. with this squad, with the, yeah, I think yeah, playoffs, playoffs all the way. You can't be a scared fan. We don't want a scared head coach, which is nope. which is why I think Dirk failed. To be honest with you, because he coached scared. He coached not to lose. Right. Instead of instead of to win. Instead of aggressively to win. Right. Yes. And he didn't believe in his guys. No. Openly though, that yeah, was, that's openly. what blew everybody's yeah. mind. Me as a fan, I look for those little moments on the sidelines, on the interviews. Come on, man, you got to have these people's back. They, you know, they know that, bro. Like they, they, they can feel that when you don't believe in them and you lose confidence in a player, especially in the the leader of the team. You lose confidence in the the franchise player. The ship's going down. Yeah, you got holes in the ship. It's gonna go down. Did you catch uh, um, Fitz, Fitz Magic Fever last year at all? I did, you know yeah. I did. I mean, you, know you, I did. Hey, you can't see him, but he's got. <laughs> you think Fitzmagic's beard's glorious? Uh, he ain't got shit on G Funk. Oh man, yeah, no, but I did, bro. I, you know, how couldn't you? The guy comes in the first three games, he's fucking throwing four hundred yards. Yeah. You know, we were at one of the games. Yeah, yeah. I bought a little T-shirt. I had all that shit. I was Fitzmagic out. But you, you and half the fan base. But, yeah, but yeah. it went on for too long. Yeah. I called that shit that it went on too long. And as soon as James was come, should have been was ready to come back. He should have been back, regardless of the numbers. And, think, and, I, and I think that that kind of like went through the team and through the season. You think Dirk fell in love, and then and then Jameis didn't look sexy to him anymore. Correct. And then Jameis then knew that he's unattractive. It's like now. when your wife's sister comes over and she's bad as fuck. She's bad as fuck. Now and your like, wife's oh, looking damn. at you like, "What the fuck? Yeah, well, why did I marry this one?" <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I uh, you know, yeah, exactly. I think there was some of that. I really do. I mean, there was, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There was an animosity made from the jump. Jameis was already coming off of a bad situation. Some more fucking foolery, some fuckery, what I would call it. Yep. You know what I mean? Again, with the bullshit. Yep. That is good, that's going to unfortunately scar his fucking whole life. Yep. You know? And, and he comes off of that, and then what? The coach doesn't put him in because your, your side guy's getting off? Bro, it's, it was his team. 
He should have been his team for. The, but that's neither here nor there. It's all yeah, well, if it's, done no matter now, if, it, if Fitzpatrick was never going to be the answer for long term, you know. No, but that's what I'm saying. It felt like Dirk put all his eggs in that basket. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, we're going to ride this thing to the to the wheels fall off. Then what happens when the wheels fall off? He, I think he saw maybe this guy can save me. You know, maybe he can save me from 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 getting trash canned. Yeah. Oh, he thought he was coming in zero and four off top. You know, I just don't think that's not the right attitude. Dirk was head coach material, or maybe he wasn't ready to be the head coach. Because I, you saw a change in his personality. He he got really really salty with the media after a while. You could see he was wearing that stress. Yes, he was. And uh, that has to permeate into your players. If you're walking around with that kind of stress, they're gonna feel that kind of stress. You know, and uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think that 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 breeds. That winning mentality that fosters that locker room um, that's, that thinks that they can win no matter what the situation is. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They failed to provide that from the beginning. And then, and then it, just, it just showed throughout the season, man. So now, here we have a chance, again, right, to hit the reset button. Yep. To start anew. You know what I'm saying? This guy comes in with a new swag and, and, a, and a whole new knowledge of the game. He's not going to shy away from the head coaching position. This is what he do. What do you? I mean, what do you? What do you say to the people that think he's a higher gun? That he's only here, you know, for the money. That he came out of retirement. I say just this to catch a paycheck. I say this: winning is contagious. Yep. Right. If he comes here, that that could. Hey, listen. I have no. I have no. Uh, you know, animosity towards the man if that's how he comes into it. But I feel like if he gets comfortable in this groove and we and the team shows him what he can do for us and it goes back and forth and we get a winning season, why would he leave? Why would you leave? If we go to the playoffs, why would you leave? People are concerned about his age, but I mean he's younger than he's younger than Belichick. Yeah, thank you, thank I, you. Yeah, amongst many other ones, you know, yeah. you know, there was plenty of them that was Purcell. Bill he's Purcell, he's Bill Purcell's some, coached until what? I'm not really sure, but seventy something. Yeah, I think he was up there too. Yeah, so. yeah. People are worried about his health, um, you know, because that's supposedly he had health issues, and that's why he retired from the Cardinals. You know, two years ago. Okay. So yeah. Oh yes, yes. He seems yes, to be delegating more. His plan is to take something, some off his off of his plate, and delegate to his coaching staff. Gave him an all star coaching staff. You know, he built it. Yeah. He built a, He built that that for yeah. for that reason. I imagine the stars align with that. Woo! shit. Todd Bowles got fired with the Jets. I mean, you know, his a lot of his coaches that he had before. You know the, the Cardinals staff got fired, so they all he became available. He was able available. to bring with them, yeah. Right, it was just it kind of worked it, out. You couldn't have said perfectly. it right. The stars aligned. You're right. It was it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and Jason Light came from Arizona, so he already had intimate knowledge of of, of Arians and a lot of these assistants as well. So and you know, I don't think BA would have even come out of retirement had not been, had it not been for Light being here. Made the transition a lot smoother. Yeah. Um, and because they and already I think, knew each other on a personal yeah, and I level. think that saved Jason's life, Jason Light's job too. <laughs> and I was going to interject and say, and this yeah. was like his last shot here, buddy. Well, this is—I think this is his last shot. No, no doubt about it. This is, this turns out to be a catastrophic failure. You'll see it completely reset, oh, revamping of the whole thing. Yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, fans are calling for it already. There's a lot of people that that put, you know, a good amount of blame on Light for some of his. Questionable draft picks and questionable free agent acquisitions and things like that. You're never going to be perfect in the draft. You're never going to be perfect in free agency. But then you see other teams do it. You see the Rams who 
went from, you know, bottom of the league to playing in the Super Bowl last year. They did that with a real young head coach and a, an aggressive GM, and they're signing all these big name free agents, you know, and they're and they're they're not afraid to, to take chances and go out there and win. And you know, so you see that and you say, well, they can do it. Why can't we? Right. Yeah. I hope that that's what happens. <laughs> I hope that that's what happens. You and every other motherfucking Bucks fan. For real, man. For yeah. real. I, 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 as a Bucks fan, truly, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I mean, I don't know if, if we don't make the playoffs, I'm going to, like, freak out. But we got to have a winning season, man. At least a winning season. At least 500. Give me 500. Can we do that? <laughs> but even, I really me. even if we lose games, I hope, I hope we lose fighting. I hope it's not... These blowout losses. There's like a right had, and a wrong man. way to lose for me. You yeah. know what I mean, in, in this game, and, and and yeah, like you said, if you're going out with, a, you're still fighting, and you're still competing. Yeah. With these guys, then yeah. Like, like I'm not, maybe you know, the Dungey era losses where every game was was close, but we, we couldn't score any points, but our defense was holding teams to to nine points, and we still weren't winning games, but we were in, in every game. I'd almost even take that back, even though that was that was brutal, bro. That was like rough, man. That's like yeah. a being teased over. Yeah, that was and like over Chinese water again. torture, bro. Yeah, that, that, man. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, which is why I think you know the Glazers made the change once they figured out they might be able to get Gruden, and the history was made. And he brought fire. He brought a fire with him, a certain fire with him. Did you hear that? Um, that Hard Knocks is going to be following the Oakland Raiders this year and John Gruden. Really? Yes. I, did, I was not aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's going to be. Yeah. I mean, I. I love Chucky. I was going to say, I'm just going to yeah. be excited to hear him in the background. <laughs> exactly. And talking this shit I can to listen guys, to Chucky right? all day long. He, I love the way he rides his, his players, man. It's that shit's going to be entertaining. Yeah, it's it sure. I just canceled my fucking HBO subscription after Game of Thrones ended. <laughs> I might have to re-up you it, might have to re-up Just to see up. Chucky. Just for Chucky, yeah. for sure, man. I've always loved him. Yeah, man. Well, G, amazing fucking having you on, dude. Like I, dude, I For, I for those who don't know, I'm going to have G on... On a regular, we're gonna talk bucks. We're gonna talk entertainment. Um, you know, we're whatever. We may even talk for some Florida man shit. Whatever comes up. Whatever man, comes up. Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited, dude. I couldn't be prouder of you to, to be doing this and, and and to getting out here with this bucking idiot shit, man. I'm so excited. Yeah, and I and I want the fans' perspective. And 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 you know, you come with you come with a different flavor as well. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is All right. fun, man. This is awesome. Bucking idiots. Fucking I'll, I'll idiots, motherfucker! Making more announcements. G Funk will be on on the regular. Yes, sir. We out. Later. <laughs> How dope was that, ladies and gentlemen? It's the Bucking Idiots podcast, baby. It can only go down like that right here. Couple reminders: August third, training camp takeover. Don't fucking miss it. Again, it's been the best part of every off season for the last few years. That shit is a blast. Don't sleep on it. Things have changed, but that hasn't. So be there August 3rd for the training camp takeover. And look out for more news about it here on the Bucking Idiots podcast. And of course, our Loose Cannons family. The Loose Cannons podcast. Every week, my boy Samer dropping knowledge on your dome. Look out for me on that podcast as well. I think we're going to try to do a weekly combo. Can't wait for that. As always, you can hit up the Buckin' Idiots podcast at buckinidiots at gmail.com where you can drop your take or at loose cannons at 
I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Sammer. It's loose cannons go bucks at gmail.com. Loose cannons go bucks at gmail.com. And follow the bucking idiots on Twitter. Follow the loose cannons on Twitter. Join that loose cannons Facebook page where they like 10 million strong. Don't sleep on it, baby. Let's hear your voice. I know y'all got something to say. Come say it. Stop being scared. Stop sitting behind the fear. Feels good to get that shit off your chest. So get on here. Let me hear you. Like to thank our sponsors. We do have a sponsor. We are sponsored by Preparation H. You got that burning, itching, just overall unfresh sensation right near your spider hole. Go grab a fresh box of Preparation H. They'll take care of it. I use it daily. And we out. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a reason you should stay off of all drugs. Please stank. Seek professional help. Love ya. <laughs> That's it. <laughs>